Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every great magic trick consists of three acts. The first act is called The Riley and Jimmy Show. The Riley and Jimmy Show. And welcome to this episode, a Tuesday edition. That's if you're listening to the day it's uploaded. Podcast number 1,197. Right next to me is... Jimmy! I got one thing! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! 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 Hi there, I am your host, Patrick Riley. Now that you have been, well, resurrected, what will you do? I once took an oath to fight for right and freedom. That is what is going on here with the Riley and Kimmy show. Every single episode is like that, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is so true. We take that oath before just sitting down into the studios, right, every yes. single time. Uh, that is the way we work. Riley and Kimmy show, a place where you can find daily talk about nerd-related subject matter. We are a variety nerd talk show, and I'm going to really stress the word variety. We don't talk just about one thing or one you know, subject matter. We are all over the board. We lean heavily on nostalgia and retro, correct, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. But we might talk about stuff involving comic books and, and other things, especially television shows of yesteryear and today. And films of the Golden Age and today as well, and cartoons and things like that. And uh, music. Oh, yes, we cannot forget music, right? That's right, don't forget music. And toys and collectibles. Mm-hmm. And cosplay occasionally, too. It's all those things and and more that make up the Riley and Kimmy show. Give us a little bit here if it's your first time. You'll find out it's true. We offer a variety throughout the entire show. And tell your friends about it if you like it. Help the show grow. Help our Facebook page grow as well. Go to our Facebook page, like it, and share it with your friends. Other other social media too. Uh, you know, friend, follow, and like us, and we'll do the same right back. You can find all those social media links right on our website. And what is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com. That's correct. And right there, you can also find archived episodes of the Riley and Kimmy Show Nerd News Links. And also, oh, let's see, besides the social media stuff, a video video interviews. I don't think I mentioned those as well, right? Celebrity mm. interviews and things like that. All available, nerd news, things like that. All that stuff right at our website at RileyandKimmy.com. And by the way, just around the corner will be a big event. The Riley and Kimmy Show is going to need your help with. That's the Spacey Awards about ready to resurrect uh, their second round. I don't want to call it draft pick, but their second round voting for the best podcast and web blog around and we did very well in the last round, correct, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. The, the, they cut it down to five, and, and we made that five. We're with a, a good group of people right there, and pretty soon we'll be asking for your support, your help, with votes for the Spacey Awards. We'll have links available right on our Facebook page, also our website as well when that becomes active, so be sure to follow us for that, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. We'll have more information available real soon. I guarantee that, right? That's right. Now, I have a special programming announcement to make, Kimmy, that I have to do here because coming around the corner, matter of fact, 
little bit later on today. Now, this show is going to be made available very early, like it is every day, by the way. Very early, the show is available. So if you're driving to work, you can listen to the Riley and Kimmy show, especially on the East Coast. Uh, it's available for you there or from the Midwest. And by the time by the time the sun comes up on, on the West Coast, it's available there for that drive to work. Yes. But due to circumstances a little bit beyond my control... Uh, a little bit later on today, I'll be going. Uh, I'll be going to a doctor, and there might be a little bit delays with some upcoming programming shows of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Not daily; they will still occur daily, but they may not be available right exactly at that early hour uh, that they have been. The reason being is Kimmy's going to be taking over the role for a little bit of uh, the behind-the-scenes part of uh, uploading things. Correct? Mm-hmm. You're you're going to be helping me, right? Right. And that's all because. Yes, I have to see an eye specialist a little bit later today and uh, not to make anybody feel sorry for me because I am to blame for this. Nobody else is. And I'm I'm not looking for sympathy in any way. The key is uh, I might just uh, have a little bit of problems here. And one of the things they're going to do is some laser treatment with one of my eyes, but the other one is, a, is way beyond laser treatment. And it might require some... Uh, well, some other type of treatment that might just cause a little bit of delays with these shows daily at that early hour. But they will be on every day. Kimmy will make sure of that, right? Mm-hmm. It's all because of the eye. And, you know, what's really bad is uh, Kimmy is making fun of me with that, including one of the eye, eye person. They kept quoting uh, something from a movie. Just an eye. God so fit to grace me with a spare. Yeah, that, 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 that's what that's what they were doing with me. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Sure. And look forward to that visit a little bit later on today uh, at the doctor's office. Now, by the way, we will not be bombarding you with messages about that. We will not be talking about it on Facebook or other social media at all. The one thing I'm going to stress is a learning thing from this for anyone. If this is of concern to you or you really care about me with this, please do something for yourself or somebody else that you know. Um, that might have either eye problems or they might be a diabetic or suspect them to be a diabetic, please get a full, and I mean full, eye scan. Also check their blood sugars and things like that. That's what you can do. You know, let's uh, let's help each other that way. That would be the great thing to do. And I do have some links about that kind of stuff, about that diabetic kind of stuff, available right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. <laughs> And give me, I have a question for you here on this Tuesday. Would you like to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia? Yes, of course. Now, a little warning for Kimmy. The timeline has been adjusted in some points, meaning the entire thing is not, well, it's not chronological. It's, I, I will give you this much of a clue. It has been jumbled up a little bit, so it's not running linear. Dates could be all over the place. Just to make it a little bit more fun because you are really smart. That's why we're doing that. Yeah, that's right. To make it fair here because Kimmy is extremely smart. But she might need your help. Feel free to shout out answers to her. We believe in a time a time tunnel opening up. Little time travel answers coming right to Kimmy. So shout out to your laptop, your desktop, your, your tablet, your whatever, smartphone. Because you could be listening to Riley and Kimmy show on any one of those. But key point, if you're in the library right now listening on maybe a computer system in the library, I don't know if I'd recommend yelling too loud. Mm. And it might not work. Yeah, other places it might be okay unless it's work. Yeah, it might not be working too well. Okay, so there might be some, you know, at least get the answer to her somehow. We believe it comes to her because she is psycho. I mean psychic. She can actually pick up these things. 
It is a Tuesday, March 28th. Gimme going to your very first question with nerd and pop culture geek trivia. Oh, whoops, I'm not supposed to say the word geek. Kimmy doesn't like that word anymore since she found out what the word means. It was on this date in history, Kimmy, that this incident happened on a big nighttime variety talk show. A streaker ran onto the set of The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. Now, what year did this happen within two years? That song alone should give you an idea pretty close when it happened because it was the height of streakdom. That's what we'll call it. It was the height of streaking. Can you tell me the year? Um... 74? That is exactly right, 1974, when that happened. Did you uh, have anybody in your community do stuff like that in your area? Yes, no? Not that I know of. Are are you sure? Mm -hmm. Nobody went running around like that, went all all natural or all natural or anything. Oh, one of my older brothers, maybe. Really? Heard stories. You heard stories, but okay, well, at least uh, you didn't have to, the family didn't have to go uh, bail him out. One of my former... uh, bosses he was a vice president of programming uh i was his assistant and many years before i worked with him to get a job at a radio station they asked him what he would do to get a job at the radio station he goes i will streak down main street friday night at seven o'clock now this city where this uh happened they still had driving like an american graffiti they they still did and they did when i was clear into my teenage years uh it was the place to go people would travel 40 50 miles just to cruise up and down main street in this town in this city you know with all your muscle cars and Mm. cool cars and things like that i mean it's just like a, a scene out of the american graffiti thing he did this he got the gig too yeah you know who it is it's my friend yeah. who is highly superstitious yes yeah and and uh, he 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 did that he actually uh, did that yes he 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 did okay and by the way the streak which we played there was a top 40 hit by ray stevens i don't think that is in kimmy's vinyl collection is it no all right more to a serious note kimmy it was on this date in history happened actually in italy and then went around the world Psychiatrists demonstrated the use of electric shock therapy for treatment for mental illness for the first time on this date in history. Can you tell me when this happened within 25 years? Um, 1890. That's interesting. I don't think that's a wacky guess, actually, at all. Because, you know, electricity coming into the forefront. That's a good guess, actually. But it was 1938 when it happened for the very first time in Italy and then eventually would go all over the place. Still exists to this day, even though people don't talk about it. It's called, what is it called now? Electroconvulsive therapy. They took out the word shock, but uh, still does exist. It's on this date, 1908. Automobile owners lobbied the United States Congress supporting a bill that called for vehicle licensing and federal registration. That's right. You could drive a vehicle around without any kind of license or anything. That was in 1908. Right with horses in the streets, things like that. Hmm. There's, there's, There's silent 
film footage of that. Well, of course, there's still photography, but there's silent film of that. You can see that kind of chaos going on. Remember, signals, street signs, they, they didn't exist. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it'd be like driving at a certain big W store's parking lot, yeah. especially in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look out. Okay, Gimme, it was on this date, 1910, the first seaplane took off. It happened in France. It was on this date, 1921, President Warren Harding named William Howard Taft as Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. 1922, Bradley A. Fisk patented a microfilm reading device. Now, were they still using microfilm reading devices when you, like, were in college? Mm, yep. Did you ever use those for research? Now, you did uh -huh. with me because of yeah. uh, my genealogy research many years ago, because that stuff right. was on microfilm and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't miss that. To no. be quite honest, that's one, you know, because you sometimes get people, oh, why they change things? Well, that that technological advancement's okay, that it went away. Yeah. For me, I'm like, oh, that's all right. It was on this date, 1958, Eddie Cochran recorded this song. About a working old summer just to try to earn a dollar. Every time I call my baby, try to get a date. My boss says, oh, die, son, you gotta work late. Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do, but there ain't no cure for the summertime. Eddie Cochran, Summertime Blues, 1958 was a hit for him. 1966, Gary Lewis and the Playboys recorded this song. Green grass round my window. That's Gary Lewis and the Playboys with green grass, and it was about lawn grass. It was, even though that's the time period when hippies were starting to get really big. It, that's what it was about. 1966 is when that was recorded, and it would become a hit. It's 1967, Kimmy, and this TV movie airs, which it, it would cause an impact on television because it would eventually become a television series, the movie. Please identify the TV movie slash TV series, and tell me the star of the show. 1967 is when it aired on TV for the very first time. watched the other night on me tv this uh this show it was actually very early in the morning when they run it it's like three o'clock in the morning eastern they run this tv series first few seasons i think it was the first three they had a really big cool truck that they used to they used to cruise around in it was a former paddy wagon it was modified engine and stuff in it just it, it was throaty I saw the episode, which I'd never seen. I thought I saw all of them. It's the one where they actually blew it up. Oh. That's when they replace uh, the vehicle with a van to be, I guess, more modern. I, I, to me, that's the, almost the turning point of the show is where it shifts. When they change the female police officer characters, that's when it's definitely is, when it's shifted down to where uh, it, it's weaker. It's lost itself. It's watered down. 
but it's a great at least first four seasons. Tell me the name of the TV show, Kimmy. Ironside. That's correct, and who was the star? Can you tell me who he was? Yes. Who was the star? The star was... Um, he played a lawyer before that on a hit TV series on Perry CBS. Perry Mason. Yes, he played Perry Mason. On mm-hmm. CBS television. On NBC, he played Ironside. Yes. And who is he, Kimmy? Kimmy could not think of his name. He was in the American version of Godzilla in 1956. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who is he, Kimmy? Kimmy cannot think of his name. I didn't think I would actually catch her off guard on this one. Come on, shout it out. It, it, it's common. You... Uh, you you uh, big trivia fans, you got to know who this is. Come on, Kimmy. I know. It's I'm drawing a blank. It's Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr. Yes, Raymond Burr starred as Ironside, 1967 TV movie, and eventually become a TV series. 1967 musically, this song was recorded. Please identify the recording artist and tell me the title of the hit. Hey, where did we go? Days when the rains came. Who is that, Kimmy? That's Van Morrison. And what is the name of the song? Brown Eyed Girl. A brown Eyed Girl. You, my brown eyed girl. That's right, Kimmy. Van Morrison. Now, do you have any Van Morrison in your vinyl or MP3 collection? No. All right. 1969, Joe Cocker played his first American concert. 1970, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young's Woodstock was released. It was 1972. This individual recorded this song. It would turn out to be his last major hit. Tell me the name of the recording artist, and tell me the name of the hit if you can. Here is your audio clue. Keep in mind, the year is 1972. You're going to set me on fire. All right, Kimmy, tell me the name of the recording artist. Elvis Presley. And the name of the hit song. Can you do it? Burn in Love. Burn in Love. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I feel my rising. Did you like that one, Kimmy? Burn no. in Love. How about Suspicious Minds? That's one of his later hits. Did you like that one? Or Kentucky Rain? Uh, okay, mm-hmm. she's like, I don't remember those. Where's he pulling those out of? Okay, Kimmy, it was on this day, 1973. This rock group released this album, Houses of the Holy. Who released that? I don't know. That's Led Zeppelin that released that. It was on this day, 1976. Genesis began its first North American tour since Peter Gabriel left. They replaced him with whom? The new lead singer. Phil Collins? That's right. 19-something, Kimmy. Phil Collins announced that he was leaving Genesis to concentrate on his solo career. What year did he leave? It was right on the mark of the date he started. Um, 1984. It was 20 years from starting with Genesis that he would walk away. It was 1996 that he walked away to go totally solo. 
Phil Collins. Oh, okay. Phil Collins. He was still part of Genesis oh. up into that time. Even though there was probably some singles, like You Can't Hurry Love, I think it was in the 86, 87. I think Susudio came out in... Yep, that's right, Susudio. 84-ish. You're correct. Yeah, that was a, that was another one. That, but he hadn't officially okay. left Genesis uh, yet at all. He eventually would step away. So on his date in 1974, this rock group, which you probably know, Kimmy, more because of Guardians of the Galaxy, not when they were actually pumping out hits, this group broke up. That is the Raspberries. Baby, please, Yeah, you remember that from Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was on that uh, soundtrack, but it was actually released way, way, way back. That is the Raspberries. They, they broke up on this date. It was 1979. Eric Clapton and Patty Boyd were married, Kimmy. Now, Patty was a former Beatles wife. She was his ex-wife. What Beatle was she married to before Eric Clapton? George Harrison? That's exactly right. Tell me the year this event happened. A major accident occurred at Pennsylvania's Three Mile Island nuclear power plant. The power plant's reactor overheated and suffered a partial meltdown. What was the year within five years this happened? 77? It was 1979 it happened. Now tell me the movie that was in theaters right at the time. Just It was a coincidence that this incident happened. It freaked out a lot of people because of that. Can you tell me the name of the movie? China Syndrome. That's right. Who starred in that? Um, one of the three individuals. Just give me one. Jane. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Jane. Okay. We know a Jane was in it. Who else was in it? Jack Lemon was the, the male lead. Wilford Brimley was in it as a supporting character. Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas was in it as the love interest. Mm. And then there's the Jane somebody. That Jane somebody. Who was that Jane somebody? Kimmy's like, nobody shouting that one out to me. They're not helping you. You're, you're, you're. Oh my gosh, my brain is just. Kimmy's out there all, just hanging. She's not like, working today. It's Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Was in the China Syndrome. It was on his day in 1982 in Los Angeles. David Crosby was arrested for possession of quaaludes and drug paraphernalia, driving under the influence of cocaine, and carrying a concealed 45 caliber pistol. It was on his day in 1986, more than 6,000 radio stations of all format varieties played a certain song, Kimmy, at the exact same time at 10.15 Eastern Standard Time. Can you tell me the name of that song? What year? 1986. We Are the World? That's exactly right, 1986. That happened all, well, quite a few stations across the country. Hmm. 6,000 of 10,000 radio stations, though. There was at least 10,000 licensed at that time in the United States, probably a little bit more, closer to 11,000 at that time. It was on this date, 1995, country musician and sometime actor, Lyle Lovett and his wife announced they were separating. Can you tell me the name of his famous acting 
wife, and they were not married for very long. Julia Roberts. Ooh, I thought we'd get you on that one, Kimmy. Now, were they married for more than two years or less than two years? Less. That's correct. 21 months is how long they were married. That was 1995. 2001, Puffy, also known as Puff Daddy, told MTV he now wanted to be known as this name and this name only. What was the name he wanted to be called? P. Diddy? <laughs> That's right. P. Diddy came to be 2001. Moving over to notable birthdays today, this actor born on this date, he is best known for a role on television. See if you can identify the TV show. Now, I know that you watched this TV show that he starred in, Kimmy. I know you did. It was on CBS television. See if you can identify it, even though the theme to me just does not stand out. Let's see if you can pull it out of the memory banks and tell me the name of the TV show. He was the star. Bonus points if you can actually tell me his name. Here is the song. will be interesting. Kimmy, can you identify that TV show? No, it's not Magnum P.I. I'll tell you that much. It kind of has a little feel like Magnum for some reason. There's a little passage there. It kind of reminds me of it, but it's not Magnum P.I. Can you tell me the name of the TV show? No. It was The White Shadow. Oh. That was the theme to The White Shadow, starring whom? Can you do it? Ken Howard. That's exactly right. Born on this date. Died 2016 at the age of 71. Country music star and actress, she was in Tremors, that is Reba McIntyre having a birthday today. Can you tell me how old Reba McIntyre is within five? 63. That is almost on, on the spot, on the mark. She is 62 today. Actor Vince Vaughn having a birthday. How old is he within five? Um, Vince Vaughn. Yes, Vince Vaughn. 48? That, somebody's helping you. He is 47 today. Identify this musician having a birthday, Kimmy, and tell me how old she is within five years. Here's your audio clue. I want to hold them like they do in Texas days. Hold them, let them hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. I like them like they it. Who is that, Kimmy, and how old is that person? Lady Gaga. Exactly right. 35? She is 31 today. Moving over to another section of trivia. I see dead people. It is notable deaths on this date, 1941. Virginia Woolf, British writer, author, dies from suicide at the age of 59. 1969, Dwight D. Eisenhower, 34th United States President and World War II General, dies of congestive heart failure at the age of 78. 1976, 
Richard Arlen died at the age of 76, an American actor in film, also in television as well. Arlen is best known for his role as a pilot in the Academy Award-winning film Wings from 1927. In 1968, he appeared on Petticoat Junction. Yes, with Uncle Joe, he played himself. The episode was called Wings, and it was a direct reference to his 1927 silent movie Wings. It's on his date 1979. Emmett Kelly passes away. Can you tell me what Emmett Kelly is known for? Why is he famous? He was a clown. That's right. A circus clown, very famous, dies at the age of 80. 2004, Peter Ustinov passes away at 82, English actor. 2014, Lorenzo Simple Jr. dies at the age of 91. An American screenwriter and sometime playwright, best known for his work on the 1966 Batman series. And he did some film work as well, and he was also the person who wrote the screenplay for the 1980 film. That's why Flash had that kind of Batman kind of feel to it. It was intentional, and people just didn't get it really at the time, even though now it has cult status. I don't even know if Kimmy would ever watch that film, even though I have a remastered version of it. Hey, I love that movie. Alex Ross likes it too, mm. you know. <laughs> All right, give me 2016. James Noble died at the age of 94. An American actor best known for being on this TV show. See if you can identify the TV show he is known for. Here's the theme. Tell me the name of the show. It aired from 1979-1986 on ABC Network, and James Noble was a part of it. Can you tell me the name of that TV show? Well, it sounds familiar, but I can't do it. Uh, he played the governor on Benson. Did you oh. ever? Wa- did you ever watch Benson? Not really. Maybe in syndication. Did you ever? No. Benson wasn't one of your favorites, I take it. Mm-mm. Well, Kimmy, you did quite well for a Tuesday. Uh, yes, we have a can of complimentary uh, generic spam waiting for you just for participating on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show's Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia. Oh, goody. Yes, and by the way, if you enjoy what you hear here, be sure to tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Like our Facebook page and check out our website. That's RileyandKimmy.com. Right now, we're going to honor something we kind of talked about. With trivia, we're going to honor it with the golden age of radio. Radio was new. Radio, someone still you. We had mentioned in the trivia timeline President Warren Harding, and I thought we'd go back in time to an excellent production. The Golden Age of Radio, by the way, is about so many things. It's about, you know, variety shows, comedy, science fiction, superheroes, drama, 
so many things, westerns too, but they also did some excellent biographies. One of those examples is a show called Mr. President, where Edward Arnold, a great actor of the 1940s, late 30s and into the 40s, would portray a different president each time. And on this episode, it is Warren Harding. It's great ear candy. Here we go back in time to 1947 with actor Edward Arnold, Mr. President, and it's about Warren Harding on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold. The American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations present Mr. President. Mr. President, at home in the White House, the elected leader of our country, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It's evening and the old mansion is resting quietly after a busy day. Only one window on the ground floor shows a light. We enter and find ourselves in the President's study. Good evening. Sit down, won't you? Did you ever realize what a magnifying glass Washington is? It makes a good man seem like a saint and a weak man seem like a master criminal. It makes white whiter and black blacker, as you'll see in tonight's story. Now, I'll tell you later on, of course, which president this story happened to. But meanwhile, I think you'll be able to guess. Very early one Saturday morning, I was playing golf with the man I'd recently appointed head of the Veterans Bureau. His name was Charlie Holt. Well, three down, two to go, Mr. President. Yeah, the par for this hole is five, Charlie. <laughs> it's been done in four with a good putt. Uh, well, then you watch me. Well, say, wait, that, that's a new putter you've got there, isn't it, sir? Yeah, brand new. Now, how far would you say the ball is from the hole? Oh, 15 feet. Uh-huh. Now, watch. Uh, 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 uh. Nah, too <laughs> short, too short. <laughs> well, I'll conceal the hole, sir, I... Uh, we'll go on to the next one. Uh, now, just a minute, Charlie. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play it out. Oh? <laughs> all right, sir. If I can't make a three-foot putt now, I'll throw this club <laughs> into the river. That's all. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Ho- hold it, sir. Hmm? Another twosome coming along. Oh. Hello, Holt. Hello, Barr. Oh, friend of yours, Charlie? Not exactly. Beautiful morning, Holt. Isn't it? Yes. Uh, Mr. President, this is Mr. Barr. Good morning, Mr. Barr. Mr. President. How's uh, business, Holt? All right. Still doing business only with your friends? If you do business with people, they're apt to become friends. <laughs> then how does anybody get to do business with you over there in the Veterans Bureau? My company's been trying for months, without luck. Uh, Mr. Mr. Barr, what kind of business? Surplus army goods. Oh. Nice to have seen you, Holt. Goodbye, Mr. President. Goodbye, Mr. Barr. Hmm. <laughs> All right, sir, it, it's your putt. Uh, Charlie, 
Yes, sir. Uh, that was rather a pointed remark Bar made about doing business only with friends. Oh, he's got it in for me, sir. He, he's one of those people who read personal motives into everything. Uh, your ball, sir? Well, why should he? His company entered bids on a supply of surplus sheeting, and I... Well, I couldn't accept the bid. So he thinks I had a personal reason. Surely you have cranks of that kind to deal with, too. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> now let me make this part. <laughs> all right, please. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> Miss Pioneer. <laughs> I tell you, I'm going to throw this putt into the river now. <laughs> oh, golf is a great level, sir. Even the President of the United States can get angry at a missed putt. <laughs> <laughs> it's silly, isn't it? All right. One more chance. Let me your putter, will you? All right, here you are, uh-huh. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, there at last. Your hold, Charlie. <laughs> uh, say, uh, how about making the game more exciting, sir? Uh, playing on our heads? <laughs> no, no. Uh, say, uh, $10 a hole, not counting the first, of course. Oh, no, 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 Charlie. I play golf for enjoyment. But I hear you've been playing cards for good-sized stakes. <laughs> oh, rumor always exaggerates, sir. Especially at Washington. You like stories about how good I am at <laughs> golf, huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, Washington's like a magnifying glass, isn't it? The least thing swells up into a mouth. <laughs> Naturally, with the whole country watching us all the time. Sarah? Did you enjoy your golf, Mr. President? Oh, I had a wonderful time. I'm almost as good as Charlie Holt now. <laughs> uh, what shall I do with this stick? Stick? That's not a stick. It's a club, a golf club. Very well, a club, but it's broken. Shall I throw it away? Well, if you have a distant relative you don't like, you can give it to him. <laughs> no relatives I dislike that much. Miss Sarah, you've heard some of those stories about Charlie Holt losing at gambling, haven't you? The uh, newspaper men have told me. Well, do you think that's true? They seem to be. Is anything the matter? Well, an odd thing happened on the golf course this morning. A businessman named Barr came by and made some very pointed remarks. About gambling? No, no, no. But this fellow Barr uh, dropped a hint that Holt's running the Veterans Bureau uh, purely for benefit of his friends. That is, the selling of surplus supplies left over from the war. Mr. President, did you say the man's name was Barr? Mm-hmm. Or did you catch his first name? No, no, it wasn't mentioned. Why? A letter from a man named Barr just came by messenger. I have it here in my folder. Was it addressed to me? Yes, I was about to send it over to Mr. Holt. Oh, here it is. Oh, thank you. My dear Mr. President, I was not joking in my remarks to Charles Holt. My firm has been unable to close any contracts with him, even though we have consistently bid higher than certain other firms. H.W. Gorman, for instance, to whom Mr. Holt seems very close. I feel the situation is grossly unfair and deserves your attention. Respectfully yours, S.K. Barr. It may be pure malice, Mr. President. Yes, that's what Charlie suggested this morning, and maybe it's true. What? Well, I mean, to Charlie Holt, the whole world is a friend. That's what I liked about him when I first saw him working with the veterans in Honolulu. I liked his sincerity, his interest in his work. Just the same, the last place I want anything to go wrong is in the Veterans Bureau. The country owes those men too much. Do you want to talk to Mr. Holt about it? I can send for him. No, no. The man I want to talk to is Bob Spear in the Surgeon General's office. I've got a job for him. But, Mr. President, I'd much rather you gave the job to someone else. Well, you're the best man in Washington for it, Bob. 
Charles Holt's a higher official than I am. I'm sure you see the peculiar position you're putting me in, sir. Well, I've got to know what's going on in the Veterans Bureau, Bob. How else can I find out? Ask Holt himself, sir. Oh, I have, but not about this letter yet, but, but other things. Before I make an issue of it with him, I, I want a confidential report from you. Suppose he finds out what I'm doing, sir. Oh, don't worry about that. I'll tell him myself the first chance I get. But what I want you to understand why I, I've asked you to do this job. You're the Surgeon General. You're connected with the Veterans Bureau without actually being Charlie Holt's assistant, and you're familiar with the organization. That's all true, sir, but... And finally, if you... Well, you have nothing to gain or lose from whatever you find out. Would you do it, Bob? As a personal favor to me? All right, sir. I'll work as fast as I can. It's quite true, Mr. Preston. How bad is it, Bob? The Veterans Bureau is a snarl of inefficiency. There's no question it may cost the government millions of dollars. How, exactly? In the sale of surplus supplies from the main storage depots. Perryville's the largest one. Uh-huh. As you know, sir, the Bureau is charged with selling excess supplies, but only after veterans' hospitals and the public health service get what they need. The trouble now is that goods are being sold, gauze, bandages, drugs, soap, blankets, towels, and so on. These goods are being sold so rapidly that the hospitals and the public health service are not getting what they need. Well, what's your explanation of the reason? The general inefficiency of the organization. And I'm afraid that's the plain responsibility of Charlie Holt. Oh, that's an outrage, Bob. Carelessness at the expense of men who have been fighting a war for us. I've got to be sure that supplies that ought to go to them and to the public health service go there and nowhere else. And that taxpayers' money isn't wasted. Bob, you stay here. Miss Sarah. Yes, Mr. President. Uh, Miss Sarah, arrange for Charlie Holt to come and see me today as soon as he can. Sit down, Charlie. Thank you, sir. I've asked Bob Spear to sit in with us because uh, this involves him as well as you. So I asked him for a report on how the Veterans Bureau is running. I'm sorry you didn't ask me, sir. I'm the director of the Bureau. Charlie, it's my job to run the government as best I can. Besides, we owe extra consideration to veterans. I'm afraid your feelings and spears and mine run a poor third. Well, I'd, I'd like to have Bob tell what he reported to you, sir. Bob? I don't mind, sir. Charlie, I told the president what everyone in the Bureau can see very plainly. It's a mess of inefficiency. Accusations like that are easy to make. Charlie, this is more serious than you realize, and it's a very painful interview for me. I had a great deal of faith in you, in your sympathy with veterans and their problems, in your ability as an administrator. But I'm sorry to say I, I can't bank on that faith anymore. You can't? I don't understand. I've got to remove you from office. I see. I haven't any choice. If anything is seriously wrong in the Veterans Bureau, you'll be blamed, of course. But the final responsibility is mine, and I can't take a chance. Uh, what excuse would I get? Would I have, Bob? You don't believe there's anything really wrong in the Bureau, do you? I think inefficiency is wrong. Mr. President, would you listen to my side of the situation? Why, of course. I had a choice to make, Mr. President, to be cautious and picky you and let the goods dribble out into use. And nobody would have been satisfied. I'd have been accused of inefficiency. But instead, I decided to get the supplies out of our warehouses, out where they'd do some good. I went fast, yes, deliberately, because speed seemed more important than caution. Well, I... I was wrong, Mr. President. Sorry, I've embarrassed you. Mr. President. Yes, ma'am. From my knowledge of the Veterans Bureau, sir, I'd say that everything Charlie's told you is, well, an accurate picture of events. I mean, 
Perhaps if he had time, he could straighten the situation out. Charlie, do you think you could? If I have your confidence again, sir? Charlie, I don't want to remove you. I hated to think I could be wrong about a man. I'll give you a chance to get the Bureau running properly. Thank you, Mr. President. I promise you won't have a thing to worry about. Well, Holt, nice to see you. What may I do for you? I'm afraid I've got some disappointing news for you, Gorman. Oh? Anything wrong? Yeah. The president has run across certain information. Oh? He's putting a lot of pressure on me, Gorman. I'm going to have to take it easy. Meaning? We'll have to hold up on our shipments to your firm. Yeah, but see here, Holt, we've got a contract. It's just until the pressure is off. Yes, but by then the chances of making our profits may be gone. Then we'll have to insist on delivery, Holt. Insist? Certainly. Actually, you have nothing to fear. The president doesn't dare make any trouble about it. Doesn't dare? And why not? He'd be making more trouble for his own administration than for anyone else. Yeah, but wait a minute. If, if they prove that this Hulk, is the truth... you're in this too, do, uh, too deep to back out to. Now, just as the president is. You just forget your fears and keep those goods rolling out to us. Nobody dares make any trouble for any of us. And you stand to make a very tidy sum personally. Hmm. I don't think the president will object once he learns what it will mean to his administration if he does... I saw it with my own eyes. It's incredible. Take it easy, Bob. What's the trouble now? Since our interview with Holt, I've been watching the situation naturally. Good. Mr. President, I've uncovered not more inefficiency, but corruption on a gigantic scale. Charlie Holtz? Judge for yourself, sir. In Perryville, I found freight cars being loaded with 75,000 towels, billed out at three and three-eighths cents apiece to an eastern firm, a Gorman firm. Gorman? Uh-huh. These towels cost the government 19 cents apiece. And Holt's virtually giving them away to a private company when the public health service needs them and can't get them. Bob, you yourself said such things came from plain inefficiency. I thought so, too, before. But when I got back to Washington, I looked up that contract. There was no inefficiency connected with that. It was highly efficient and crooked. The Gorman firm had made the lowest bid, not the highest. Is that the only case you found? By no means, sir. Just on a quick survey of other contracts, I'd say that Holt has sold over $3 million worth of supplies for only $600,000. And for only one reason. You mean some of the buying companies are paying him secretly? I can't believe it. But it must be. How else could Holt live and spend as he does on his salary of $10,000 a year? Mm, you know, Bob, I felt Charlie Holt was well-suited to the job, and I was wrong. I felt he, did, he was honest and efficient, and I was wrong again. Not only once, but twice. And now I don't see much ahead except a major scandal. Well, I can't go back and do that part of it over again. But I can stop it from going any further. Miss Sarah? Yes, Mr. President? Miss Sarah, I want you to prepare an executive order of the Veterans Bureau. Yes. Suspending all sale and shipments of Veterans Bureau supplies at Perryville. That's very strong action, Mr. President. Why wait? Is that all to the order, Mr. President? No, second paragraph. No further contract shall be fulfilled until it is certain that all needs of veterans, hospitals, and the public health service have been met. 
And drop everything else, Miss Sarah, and get that order prepared. And Miss Sarah. Yes? I want you to get Charlie Holden here as quickly as you can. I want to ask him some questions. Mr. President, we've been looking for Mr. Holt. He's not in his office or anywhere in the Veterans Bureau. He's not at his home either? Then try the country club, all the hotels. I want him found before another day's go by. Mr. President. Have you found him? Well... Out with him, Miss Sarah. He left Washington last night for New York and sailed for Europe. He's gone. Gone? All right, Miss Sarah. A memorandum to the Attorney General. Yes, Mr. President. Please subpoena all sales and purchase records of the Veterans Bureau. Surgeon General Spear will show you ample evidence of corruption by Charles Hunt. He has fled to Europe, but he must be found and brought back. This case of, is of the utmost urgency. I'll send this over at once, Mr. President. It's rotten, isn't it? You think so much damage has been done already? Exactly. If there was one thing I wanted right in this administration, it was the treatment of the men who suffered in the war. Now all I've got to show for that is a, a mass of graft and a runaway thief. Couldn't be much worse, could it? Mr. President, you recall that Mr. Gorman who wrote for an appointment? Gorman? Gorman? Oh, yes, yes, I do. Oh, shall I show him in? Uh, yes, all right. He's a merchandise wholesaler from down east. I'll show him right in. Mr. Gorman, will you go in, please? Thank you. Come in, Mr. Gorman. Well, what can I do for you, sir? You're a busy man, Mr. President. I'll make my point quickly. Good. It's about Charles Holt. Go ahead. I gather it's the government's intention to prosecute him? Yes, as soon as he's found in Europe and brought back here. I expect it'll be a major scandal. I expect so. I always regret scandals, Mr. President. I do, too. I like, when possible, to avoid them. I do, too. It's my thought that the Holt scandal can be avoided. Is it? How? By not prosecuting him. What's your interest in this, Mr. Gorman? I'll come to that in a moment. My thought is that nothing can be cured by a trial of Holt. It'll do a lot of harm. A lot of harm has already been done, Gorman. To veterans, to the public health service, to the taxpayers. The harm I have in mind is to you and to this administration. What are you getting at? Seems to me the government has a choice. On the one hand, to table the charges against Holt. Oh, remove him from office, of course, but let interest in his case die away. Well, he's already resigned. What's the other choice? To try him as you intend and make new trouble for yourself and the government. Oh, I see. This is a threat. You're the one who'll make that new trouble. Not deliberately, of course. Only in defense of my firm's legitimate interests. And what are they? We have a number of contracts with the Veterans Bureau signed. But we've not yet received the goods because of your stop order. Those contracts were made in good faith, Mr. President. If they're not filled, we'll have to sue the government. Gorman, you're no fool. You know you're trying political blackmail, don't you? I'm only pointing out the choices you have and the price attached to each. I'm trying to be fair. Gorman, when we get our hands on Charles Holt, he's going to stand trial if it rips open every contract the entire government has. Then you can sue and the courts will throw your contracts out because they were made by fraud. I doubt if that can be done without Holt here, and you haven't got Holt. 
My contract will stand up in court, Mr. President. Gorman, I'm an older man than you, but I'll give you just 30 seconds to get out of the White House or I'll see you out myself. Now get out! Mr. President. Mr. President. Wake up, sir. It's almost nine o'clock. Nine, nine o'clock? Well, why didn't you wake me up earlier, Ralph? Hand me that robe, would you please? Uh, here you are, sir. I was going to wake you sooner, only I didn't have the heart. Well, I've got work to do. I know, sir. Only I thought it wouldn't hurt if you on a rest a little while. One well, night anyway. Well, it wasn't a long rest, Ralph. I didn't get to sleep till after five. Oh, Worrying about Mr. Holt again, no, sir? No, I can't seem to think of much else. Is the tub ready for me? Oh, I'll have to warm the water a little now, sir. Uh, I've started dreaming about him, Ralph. And in your dreams, you caught him, sir? That's the only place we have caught him so far. Uh, what did he be wanting to wear today, sir? The blue suit? Yes, that's all right. Of course, maybe I'm too practical-minded, sir. Is there such a thing, Ralph? About this Mr. Holt. Here he is, sir, going to Europe. Isn't that just about what everybody would want? Well, why wish him on Europe, Ralph? I mean, just so he isn't here. That's the main point. And here's everybody trying to get him back. Seems mighty impractical, Mr. President. A blue tie with a blue suit, sir? Anything, Ralph, anything. That Mr. Holt seemed like such a nice man. Yeah, I thought so too, Ralph. My sister thought that up about her husband once, sir. Uh, guess we all make that mistake about some people. <laughs> yes, indeed we do, Ralph. I'm quite sure we do. Let's see who that is, Ralph. All uh, right away, sir. I believe the president's expecting me, Ralph. Oh, yes, sir. It's Mr. Spear, Mr. President. Come in, sir. Yeah, thank you, Ralph. Oh, good morning, Bob. Good morning, sir. Excuse my not being shaved and dressed. Uh, Ralph let me oversleep. <laughs> no matter, sir. Now, sit down. Have you been making any progress? Not a great deal, sir. Got a staff of auditors going through the sales records and analyzing the contracts. There's not much on the face of them to prove they were fraudulent, except, of course, that the bidding was dishonest. It means we need Holt here very badly, doesn't it? Worse than ever. Provided he feels like telling us the details we need to know. And if we don't find him, then we can't prove those contracts fraudulent. The Bureau will have to turn over millions of dollars in supplies. We're not in a very happy position, Bob. Oh, I'll see you in here, sir. Mr. President. Come in, Miss Sarah. Mr. President, excuse me, but I knew you'd want to see this message right away. Charles Holt located in France. He will be returned to the United States within ten days. Miss Sarah, we've got him. Have him brought here the moment he arrives. Charlie, I want to give you a chance. Well? I want to give you a chance to undo some of the harm you've done by telling us the whole story from your side. We need that information. Will you do it? Is that why I've been brought here, Mr. President? Yes. I wanted to talk to you quietly. Talk to me? No. Now, I know what it is. It's been the same from the very beginning. Men like Barr, he had it in for me. I told you that. And Spear, the same thing. Cheap, ambitious tricksters willing to tell any lies to tear down a better man. Charlie, what in heaven's name are you talking about? And finally, they persuaded you, didn't they, sir? You said you believed in me, but I know now what that was worth. You plotted with them. That wasn't enough, was it? 
Now you've dragged me in here so you can crow, is that it? Well, all right, go ahead. I can't, Charlie. Get hold of yourself. I've had time to think, Mr. President. And I wasn't guilty of anything worse than carelessness. You said so yourself. Then why did you run away? Because I never expected you to turn against me. Is that what being president does to men? Do you forget your friends and listen only to liars and to schemers? Oh, listen to me. We know you're guilty of corruption on a large scale. We know you ran away out of shame and fear. But now you've got a chance to make it a little easier for yourself. And a lot easier for us. Is this another cheap politician's trick? Hold I... You can help us if you will. By telling us about every fraudulent contract you made. How much was paid? What individuals were involved? (laughs) It is a politician's trick. First to ruin my career, and then you expect me to help you. Listen, Hall. Hold, I'll give you one more chance to stop this wild talk. One more chance? (laughs) You can put me in prison till I die. I'll never help. Don't you realize what you're doing? If you don't help us, those crooked contracts may stand up. There are no crooked contracts. The people you've already robbed will lose millions more. Think what you're doing. I was driven out. I had to run and hide. Charlie, you're being loyal to thieves. I'm not. You've twisted this thing into your own mind until... until, Well, you don't know the difference between truth and lies. Don't I? You think everyone's against you when you've only turned them against yourself. Oh, no. Now you haven't even the courage to admit what you did. Stop To save some shred of your self-respect? Now you accuse me, you lie, and you twist, you... Stop it! Stop it! I think... Do you realize what you did? Now you listen to me. Damn it. No, no, no. I give you every chance, but every time you're concerned, rotten. I give you a final chance and you're lying. Please. Always lying. Now get out of here. Please. Excuse me, Mr. President. Mr. President, what has happened? Ralph, show Mr. Holdout. For the moment, he's unable to talk, but maybe he'll find that he can by the time he gets into court. Take him away, Ralph. I tell you, Bob, he was completely off balance. He really seemed to believe he was the victim of some plot or other. He always did seem quick to blame other people, Mr. President. Mr. President, another report on the whole trial. Did they put him on the stand, Miss Arnold? Just before the noon recess. And he said he's willing to give full details on everything that happened while he was director of the Veterans Bureau. Well, now, that's better. Well, if he doesn't change his mind, Bob, that means we can get those contracts canceled. I think I'll go over to the court, sir. I'd like to hear the rest of his testimony. All right, Bob, and drop in later. I'll want to hear all about it. I'll do that, sir. Good afternoon, Miss Sarah. Good afternoon. Oh, what a relief, Miss Sarah. What a relief. Now I can breathe for the first time in months. I'm glad to see you cheerful again, Mr. President. No, I'm not really. Why? Well, Charlie Holt was my friend, Miss Sarah. Can I ever trust... trust another man again? Does it make so much difference, Mr. President? As long as other men trust you? But will they, Miss Sarah? Will they? guess which president these incidents happened to? The time was 1923. 
The man we've called Charles Holt uh, and the president did in fact come to blows and later that official, the director of the Veterans Bureau, really went to prison. The president, of course, was Warren G. Harding. And this incident was his first intimation that he had many corrupt officials in his administration. Warren Harding was one of our most tragic presidents. A man of great personal integrity, he never got over the treachery of so many men around him. Come and see me again next week, won't you? I'll have another story for you about the White House and Mr. President that I'm sure you'll enjoy. Good night. Edward Arnold appears as Mr. President by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Green Dolphin Street, starring Lana Turner, Van Heflin, Donna Reed, and Richard Hart. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website, at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, Be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.